Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to a special episode of TV Gold. We're going to be just focusing on one new Australian drama today. It's called The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. It's going to be available on Prime Video. Our special guest joining me as always is Andrew Mercado from Media Week. Our special guest, Sarah Christie from Amazon Studios and Jody Madison. Have I got that right, Jody? Jody Madison from um, Made Up Stories. Welcome to you all. Thank you. It's great to be here. We want to hear a little bit about what both of you do in your roles at the streaming platform at the production company. But first, I thought we'd get straight in and talk about The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. Might start with you, Jody, and, and talk a little bit about how um, your company, Made Up Stories, got involved with the book. So at Made Up Stories, we're very well known for literary adaptations. So we're in a very... Um, very privileged position that because um, people have seen what we've done with with previous adaptations, um, we get sent a lot of books. So a lot of what we do is just constantly fielding new books, often before they're published, coming into us to consider um, turning them into television shows or movies. Now, um, The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart hit my desk uh, back in 2017, we were sent it by um, Holly Ringland, the author's um, agent, and um, it was it was one of those books that myself and my creative exec Lucinda Reynolds um, at the time she was she was working with us. Um, we started reading it together, and and it was one of those books that the first page I was so engaged and so hooked. The writing was so beautiful. It was such a stunning opening about this little nine-year-old girl who dreamt of setting her father on fire. I turned around, I looked to Lucinda and I said, I am in. This is, I am, I'm so, I love this book already. It's page one. And I think I read the book in one night. Um, and then I called the rest of the team in LA uh, for made up stories, I said, I have found the most extraordinary Australian book. Everybody must read it immediately because what happens when a book comes in uh, to made up stories, one or a couple of us read it and then we share it with the with the wider team to kind of, you know, get everybody's take on it. But from the very, very beginning, I was so hooked. I was like, I have to turn this into a show. And what excited me about it so much is it just had the potential to be such a beautiful, sweeping epic that spanned decades, that spanned across Australia. It was, it was its beautiful story that had, you know, such an important message in it, but it was just full of hope. Um, and so that was the start of the journey, essentially falling in love with the novel. So neither James or, or I have read the book, but we have watched all seven episodes of this TV adaptation. Seven's a funny number. You know, a lot of shows are six or eight episodes. I'm just wondering, is is all of the book in the miniseries or are there parts of the book that you have to discard in the translation to the screen? Well, look, I, I think pretty much we've covered the whole breadth of the book. 
in in the in the seven episodes um there there are departures from the book and there are a few key departures which i don't really want to talk about because for those people who have read the book i don't want to spoil it when they see the show because there is some pretty big stuff we've made a few big swings um but but what was really important to us is that the series absolutely has the dna of of the characters that Holly has created, the worlds. There's three very distinct worlds in this novel. Um, there's this beautiful flower farm called Thornfield. There's a, a beautiful town called Wayuna, and then there's the red center, the desert. So we've been very true to that. We've been very true. It's it's all of the same characters, but just the way that the stories and the secrets unfold um, and people's journeys are, are slightly different. I'm glad you mentioned there you're sort of you're careful not to give people any spoilers I mean Andrew and I having watched all seven we we're both a little bit nervous doing this interview because we we're obviously mindful of not giving away anything um and it is a a book and a series which is it's about secrets it's about there's a lot of mystery there's a lot of reveals there's you know so so that again was one of the things that attracted me to the novel because i knew if we got this show right and we had all of these twists and turns it would really keep people engaged and leaning in and and kind of propelling them to the end and i'm so impressed that you watched all seven hours that's a big commitment <laughs> and to the, there's a lot of things that happen that you want to talk about right so i'm, I'm going wow did we we probably can't go there today Day. But let me ask you, Sarah. The um, now you, you've had a relationship with our made-up stories, but they also work with other platforms. Did tell me about how you get involved, and is, is it a bit of a beauty parade, or does the do you sort of decide early on where the projects you're going to get, and you and you get a relationship and build from that? Yeah, absolutely. It's been such a fantastic partnership with with Made Up Stories and Fifth Season as well, who produced the series. And I think it's similar to what Jodie was speaking about. You know, we we too also receive so many materials every day. You know, we're reading scripts, um, novels, meeting with producers and creators. And I think when we're looking at new pictures, we're, we're really asking ourselves a number of questions and looking at, you know, the uniqueness of a concept and the sort of the wine now of a story why is this something we think is going to resonate with our customers locally but also all around the world and and is this team and um, the talent behind the story able to deliver on the vision that um is is pitched to us and i think when lost flowers sort of came across the the desk at amazon it really hit all of those markers, you know, it's it's a story unlike any other that we have seen, I think, on Australian screens in terms of its its scale. It's incredibly powerful emotionally. As Jody mentioned, it sort of traverses, you know, landscapes from, you know, a coastal town up in the Northern Territory, sweeping, you know, desert locations, and then the beautiful uh, farm at Thornfield. Um, and like Jody, we were really attracted to, you know, Holly's 
Polly's book, it's just an absolute page turner. And then when Made Up Stories approached us with the pilot script, second episode in Mini Bible already, we could see how um, Sarah Sarah Lambert, the series showrunner, and the producing team had approached the adaption, drawing out the mystery and creating this incredibly propulsive story that was undeniable. Um, and, you know, Glendon Ivan, the director of all seven episodes, was already attached and we knew this was a team that could absolutely deliver on, you know, the epic scale of the vision. The three distinct worlds that you talk about, you know, look so incredible on film and James and I are both gagging to know what's the name of the New South Wales coastal town it was filmed at. I could guess but probably get it wrong. But the volcanic crater to me looks like Mount Uramina outside Alice Springs, which I think was in the movie Welcome to Whoop Whoop. So, yeah, I'm just wondering, they look so incredible on screen. Where were those locations? So the the crater does not exist. Oh. So the crater is is all designed visual effects CGI. Oh. So we filmed the basis of it in in various landscapes in the Northern Territory because it, the crater. It, when I read the book, Holly has created this this magical place where it's a, a creator with these um, desert peas, which are a very unique flower that only grows in certain parts of the Northern Territory. And there was like a heart garden. And one of the first things when I spoke to Holly and I asked her, where is this place? And it, it doesn't actually exist. So that is something that we had to create. Um, and then in terms of, um, Wayuna and the flower farm, we, we were in over 20 different locations. So the flower farm is, is the main house is in Scone and yet the flower farm part is in Bargo, um, down south, south of Sydney. Um, we shot a lot in Grafton, you know, the cane fields up north near Grafton and Yamba. Um, you know, there many, many kind of, you know, different remote um, regional locations. Tell us a little bit about the casting, I guess, too, and, and to what extent does both um, uh, Amazon Studios and Made Up Stories sort of, what? tell us about the collaboration. Maybe you each could just chat a little bit about the casting process. Um, so I'll I'll start off, I guess. Um, so when we're starting to create a show and, and when we look at optioning a book, um, you know, what's really important for us at Made Up Stories is that there are really strong, particularly female roles. And, and this show for us was a gift because it allowed us to have so many different amazing actresses take on these roles. And, and we've got, you know, the most extraordinary young actress who's nine years old playing the young Alice. And then we meet her again in her twenties. And so that was an amazing opportunity to cast, you know, an older version of the character. Um, but the character that we started with was June, who is, is kind of the anchor and the, the central person for the story. And, and, you know, 
we always kind of create these lists. But what we do is, is we didn't have this cast when when we um when we took this project to Amazon. We went in with with ideas because it's really important for us. You know, whoever our partner is, they have very strong opinions on who works for them, who they're creatively excited about who's valuable for them on their platform. So when we approached Amazon with our kind of dream cast, Sigourney Weaver was was right there at the top of the list. And we were so thrilled that Amazon got incredibly excited about the idea of Sigourney and, and completely supported us. And and the role, it's it's such a strong, special role for, you know, Sigourney, I, I don't know if you will believe this, but Sigourney's 72 years old. You know, so it's an extraordinary role for a 72-year-old woman to take on. Um, And we were so thrilled that when we sent the the project over to Sigourney that she immediately um, got incredibly excited and engaged and and really wanted to do it. So, and then and then from there we we kind of try and cast around Sigourney as the anchor, um, and and it's done step by step with with Amazon, many calls, many creative meetings. Um, in conjunction with our casting director Jane Norris, um, and so it's a very collaborative process. Um, this is the first. Is this the first time Sigourney Weaver has been an EP? Because she's also an executive producer of this. And what was her import in that role once you got her on board? So, what is so striking about Sigourney is her. You know, obviously she has the most incredible body of work. You know, so you know she has she has worked with the most incredible directors on the most incredible material. Um, but she is so fiercely intelligent. You know, she has, she has amazing instincts. She's so smart and she comes at, at a project with such incredible insight and such incredible taste. And just having her, you know, in the mix, feeding back, giving her opinion on the scripts and the characters and the world, you know, it's an incredibly valuable collaboration for us. And, and it's incredibly exciting to have someone with this depth of knowledge and, and experience be a part of our kind of creative inner circle. Mm. Um, ask you, Sarah, the, um, what, what, when you sort of giving feedback on casting and potential cast and, and, and what, who could, who could c- come into the series, um, what, what's some of the things you're looking for as a, as a studio? I mean, mm. um, do you for for Prime? I guess you've obviously got the relationship with Prime. The do you look for? Do you want new subscribers? Have you got a? You know, you've got to make the existing subscribers happy. What are some of the uppermost um, decisions that you, you have to make? Yeah, well, Lost Lost Flowers is going to be released globally in you know two hundred and forty countries and territories, and you know reach millions of um, subscribers, you know, we have over 200 million subscribers worldwide. And we work very closely with our casting team at Amazon Studios. Um, 
with that sort of international perspective and lens on all of our titles, I think, you know, for us, we are incredibly focused on telling compelling Australian stories. And uh, we know it has to work locally first, but to have that sort of global resonance and reach as well, I think, you know, does inform some of our casting decisions. And Sigourney Weaver, having Sigourney attach the project and seeing how, you know, invested she was in this story and everything that she she brought, you know, behind the scenes and on camera um, is really meaningful uh, when we're speaking to audiences around the globe. But likewise, we have, you know, Asha Ketty, Leah Purcell, Alicia debnan um, and Frankie Adams, you know, who are incredible Australian and New Zealand talent that we know is going to really resonate here locally. And, you know, as Jody mentioned, this series was just imminently be imminently castable. There's such incredible female characters. It's a story about female resilience and hope and, you know, power and the stories that we sort of tell ourselves, the secrets that we keep. Um, and we were really excited by the proposition of finding these roles and working with made-up stories and getting, you know, the the right cast who could really carry the the depth of these characters. And I think an interesting um, an interesting example of how we as uh, the production team uh, work together with Amazon. We saw an opportunity. Obviously, we had cast Sigourney, who was non Australian. But we saw an opportunity for one of the characters, um, the love interest of the older Alice, to potentially be an international actor. And so we worked hand in glove with Amazon in terms of, you know, different ideas, different mm-hmm. actors that, that that could be. And and the Amazon international team sent through a list of people who were exciting from their different shows in different territories. Mm. And and then we got a lot of them, the ones that we were interested in, we asked them to, you know, essentially send tapes in and auditions. And there was an actor who is very famous, very well known in Mexico that we had not never heard of, never seen before. And his tape came in and I kid you not, as soon as I saw it, I had shivers up my arms. I was so knocked out by this the the intensity and and the you know the the way that this this actor kind of nailed this character that I was I became you know I drove everybody mad completely obsessed I knew from like (laughs) five seconds into his screen test this was our guy (laughs) and then it's about convincing everybody else um but but that's an example of you know without Amazon putting him forward we never would have known about this guy because, you know, even though we, we we work with international casting directors, chances are that our casting directors we work with in the UK and the US wouldn't have put forward this Mexican actor. So that was my next yeah. question. Uh, Sebastian Zarita, who mm-hmm. is part of the Amazon family, he was seems to be the creator and the producer of a show called How to Survive Being Single. I mean, once he sort of uh, is seen in The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart, I mean, is there a, a, a dubbed version of that if people wanted to watch his uh, Mexican show on Amazon? Yeah, that's right. Sebastian Zarita is, you know, phenomenal in the show. Um, 
he he comes in about part way when we we move up to Northern Territory, and I think takes us into a whole new new journey of sort of coming of age for the character of Alice as well. And Sebastian is a massive star in Mexico. You're right, Andrew. Um, you know he's worked across um, many of our pro- many of the Mexican projects and is a very important um, talent over there. And I think you know. This, as I mentioned, Lost Flowers will be released worldwide and it is localised in every um, country and territory that it will be seen in. So, um, you know, customers in in Mexico will be able to watch the show with subtitles dubbed any way that they they wish to watch it. And, um, you know, Sebastian is a huge supporter of the show and, um, you know, it, it's great that we can bring in this international talent that's really going to speak to customers all around the world. Let's talk a little bit about the, the production now, and uh, I'm interested to hear in in um, how, you know, the, the studio and, and how um, you two, Jody, get sort of hands-on in the production, like little things like you know, the, the flow and the, the story and the, how it's going to look. I mean, Andrew and I talk about, Things like flashback epidemics in some in some series where you can you can get a bit lost and you sort of wonder what's going on. This this happens in um, the Lost Flowers, but it's under control. It's it's always it's, it, it seemed to me quite easy to follow, which I I really enjoyed, and that's not a backhanded compliment. Well, because- I'm, I'm glad you said it. You would follow it. You weren't confused. Um, you know this story. Um, you know Sarah Lambert, who is our our lead writer. Um, on the show, when you read her script, she was she did an incredible job of playing with time and playing with chronological order and the way things were uh, evolving and the way things were revealed. Um, and you know, for us, just on a practical level, you know, because the scripts were were very complex, they were they were you know they kind of jumped around a lot. We had to have a version of the script that was slightly more linear, that we you know just for ease of us, so we could shoot it. And then the idea was then to put it back into you know the way that Sarah had structured it. Um, the interesting thing about Lost Flowers um, is that that the way that we work in made-up stories, unlike most Australian TV where there's a number of different directors, um, we very much like working with one central director who is who is the one kind of key creative force and it's a much more auteur-driven way of making television. Um, so Glendon Ivan, who I had a long relationship with, a million years ago making commercials with exit films and then he he collaborated with us and directed a movie for us called penguin bloom starring naomi watts and he's he's done a lot of incredible television but this was really the biggest thing that that he had undertaken and the biggest challenge creatively you know to hold these seven hours of this very complex storytelling and Glendon and our two editors Deb Peart and Danny Cooper um two of the most fantastic Australian editors that we we have working today they literally spent six months Mm. in locked in a room 
figuring out how to structure this story and and you know i think we we restructured the pilot episode maybe 20 times before we actually got it to a point where we were like okay this is it this is this is the dynamic start to our story that 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 you know does exactly what we need it to do so we spent you know such a long time crafting this this show on every level you know we crafted it from from the beginning and the design we have an incredible designer called um melinda doring who worked um you know side by side with a guy called chris reynolds who is an incredible location uh, manager just traveling the country trying to find this world and create this world of the lost flowers um and and you know it was it was a very long painstaking very compli- complicated um production but um you know when when you see it we hope that that comes through and is part of that structuring did that need to be done around the key theme of this because there is uh the story of domestic violence and abuse in here and the episodes come with advisory warnings and, and that can be tough viewing at times so was that uh part of the process in terms of how much of that to show and 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 how uh you know, tough maybe the first episode is in terms of getting people to watch the whole show. Yeah, d- definitely. I think for us as as the filmmakers, we, um, you know, had many, many conversations about, you know, how how graphic to be with the more violent and more mm. confronting elements um, and, and you know, what we were going to hold back, what we were going to show. And then that becomes a very big conversation with Amazon as well, who have very strong opinions about, you know, have we gone too far? You know, and, and our view was we wanted to to do it in a way that was really impactful without being gratuitous. That was That mm. was always what we wanted to do. But then when we ended, we filmed it, then there were many conversations that Amazon, and you can talk to this, Sarah, were, were very closely involved with where it's like, have we gone too far or have we pulled our punches too much and are we not being brave enough here? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it was a... It was a long and beautiful process in the edit in just striking that balance with the storytelling. And I think, you know, when it comes to to the tone and the show and of the show and our ambition, we we really wanted to draw the audience into what is an incredibly emotional story and not shy away from the truths as well. Um that that Holly and Sarah and the whole team have tackled in terms of this story of what, you know, women got some women go through and the story of resilience and, and power and hope. And I think we're really proud of the balance that we've been able to strike in telling that story, but it is a constant conversation because you want people to, to feel um, and really go there with the storytelling, but in a way where, you know, you're being incredibly conscious of our audience as well and making sure that it's an experience where they are having those feelings, but also not feeling like they're pushed too far. Um, and that's that's the conversation that we had again and again, and um, we're really proud of where we've landed. And could I ask a little bit about, I mean, th- this is a TV series for everybody. I'm conscious that you're talking to two blokes who've watched these seven episodes, but 
but we both found it compelling um and and, and you know ha- had to go through to the end once we'd started but i mean it's i guess is it it appeals most to women i'm guessing and the and the book must have been a big bestseller for mainly women but i'm guessing men read it too but i mean when i first finished it i thought gee men don't come off too great after this and for obvious reasons but but you've got some some good male characters in there i mean there's oggy there's uh charlie there's alexander england's policeman character so uh, uh, there is a representation of both and look in that you know this this i don't think the book and certainly not our series was not about kind of going all men are bad you know and it was really important for us to have good men and i think alexander england's character john mm. really does typify someone who is such a decent good human being um and and yes we we know that this is going to really appeal to women but again it's very important to us that that you know it it is targeted at a male audience as well because because we don't feel like it's a it's a story or a show just for women you know we we feel like and and our our kind of feedback that we've gotten from all the men who have seen it is they're they're loving it and as passionate about it as as the women who are seeing it um, I guess, Sarah, though, the question to ask you in terms of Australian commissions, this is the, if we look at this year, we've had the class of 07 and Deadlock and now uh, Alice Hart. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have been female skewing this year in terms of Aussie dramas, but I do agree with you that Alice Hart is something that male viewers will be able to watch and enjoy. But are you aware, are you doing that deliberately or is that just a coincidence that those three projects have just sort of landed this year? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, when we're looking at uh, curating a slate where we're really looking for stories that are going to speak to all Australians across the board, you know, we we know that um, audiences and customers in Australia aren't a monolith. So we're looking to to engage with audiences across our scripted series, our movies, unscripted, um, you know, alongside these incredible scripted projects. Um, Class of 07, Deadlock and Lost Flowers. We've also uh, released, you know, the test season two this year for, you know, that speaks to cricket fans. And we've got some incredible documentaries coming out um later this year as well we had the defenders that was recently released which received the sydney film festival audience prize um we have dance life a dance documentary coming out a story about the wiggles so we really are looking to curate a service um that speaks to to all australians um sort of coming up to the end of our time that i wanted to um it was good to hear that sarah about um the what what else the platform's up to jody could you tell us a little bit about about your role at made up stories i mean you've i think you celebrated its uh 10th anniversary last year as uh, the business um not very- quite 10 we're at seven um but I um so i sorry no so i um i am a partner with Bruno papandrea and steve Atensky. Um, and, you know, we have offices in Australia, in LA and the UK now. Um, so, you know, we really are trying to 
you know, create content globally. What we look to do in Australia is to do um, intrinsically Australian projects like Lost Flowers of Al's Heart that will travel internationally and then also do international work here. So more like, you know, we we did Nine Perfect Strangers, for example, out of Australia the first season. We're just about to, um, well, we're in production on the second season, but this time it's based out of um, Munich. Okay. And Sarah, I can't let you go without uh, getting some sort of comment from you about your next big production this year, The Return of Neighbours on Prime Video. Um, can you tell us, will watching Neighbours on Prime Video be exactly the same for fans as watching it when it when it's on Channel 10, Monday to Friday, big cliffhanger on a Friday? Is the structure of the show exactly the same even though we're you're now streaming it? Yeah, it was really exciting for us to be able to partner with Freebie and 10 on bringing back such a iconic Australian series. And I think, you know, we could just see that people weren't done with that series and, um, you know, those great characters and the story of Ramsey Street. And I think we are really looking to bring customers back to watch, you know, a show that they they have loved and then and look at how to elevate that. And I think a lot has has come as well from looking at the casting. You know, we've we've got Misha Barton coming and along with like all of the fan favorites coming back to return to Ramsey Street. So I think it's it is definitely more of more of what people love about neighbors and hopefully a little bit a little bit more and something new alongside that and a quick one for you too um jody i should ask the um the industrial action underway in the us at the moment does that elevate the australian office give it a bit more significance i mean um are there opportunities or challenges well if you look at if you look at our output in the last um seven years um most of what we have produced actually has has come out of australia so you know Australia is is one hundred percent like a, a a very you know the key part of of our business. So so that doesn't change because of of the the strike action, and obviously the, we have a number of of projects in the US that are being affected by by the strike. Um, we have projects here that are being affected by the strike. So and also in the UK. So so it's a it's a really it's a tricky time. Um, but what we're incredibly thankful for is is you know we're just finishing um I was filming pickups yesterday for our show Strife, um, the new Ashiketti project that we're just finishing. We've just wrapped um, post production on the second season of Wolf Like Me. You know, we have Nine Perfect Strangers too in production. You know, so it's it, we're we're still managing to 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 um, do what we can without obviously going against um, any of these strike actions. All right, good stuff. Okay, look, we'll we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Sarah Christie from Amazon Studios, Jody Madison from Made Up Stories. Sort of good luck, I guess. But I mean, this the series. Um, it's bit different you're not looking at box office but you're wanting to keep the streaming platform happy i guess and i'm sure this will keep customers of um prime video very happy the lost flowers of alice hart and you'll be able to stream the seven episodes from are they they all out at once or are they going to be dropped every couple of weeks you'll be able to watch the first three episodes on the 4th of august and then they will drop weekly on a friday uh from there on in fantastic okay many thanks Thank you so much. Thanks for having us.